welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. Nature, pharma, and the power of water. Water life science has been in my research for well over 30 years, and I have a radio show now that we've had for 12 years to kind of pioneer and pilgrimage, let's say, the future of better education of water and your health, nature's pharma. And water life science is something that I have discovered for many years, and we've had scientists from all over the world and physicians agree. We left that subject behind. I don't know what happened, medication, uh, food on the market, all the distractions that we have to go out and eat, Uh, our lives are entertaining with food. We forgot about the most important nutrient, nutrition, is water. The earth lives with the water itself, the planet. From the beginning of time, there was that blue, I call it a ribbon, around the whole planet Earth, a ring of blue. It was water in that ring. And then because the universe would change with millions of years worth of recycle as it's cycling around each planet, going very slowly, very carefully, and very subtly, all of a sudden... There was an evaporation in a droplet that began to drop called rain. Where are we today after those millions of years? The whole planet Earth and all life on Earth survives only with water. And I'm going to say the word only. It's the most important part of your life, in life of life, of, of, your, of your everything about the organism of living. It's, it, it's the water. And I think we were brought to attention recently with a young uh, soccer team in Thailand who got caught up in the cave because of a flood, and it was so widely publicized, and they survived for two weeks by just water. There was some water in there. That is the, what it's all about. You, Ebola, they found that a gallon of water might control individuals with E. coli and maybe diminish it. It began to work. It was kind of like a brainstorm that some scientist physician had. Your water on your planet, for you and all living life, the bark on the tree, the flower that blooms, the grass, the soil, everything is water. There's a secret, though, that we all forget, and that's why this show is so important. When you were born, you came from a pocket of water. After being nine months nourished with a percentage of water per organ to live on this planet until your death, you were, you were brought here with percentage of water, you entered into the atmospheric water vapor, uh, the atmosphere, water, and that's what kept you alive. That's what keeps you alive. 
And when you entered into that moment, there are no two eyes alike, fingerprints alike. No two people are just alike. We're all operating with that organism of water differently. We're that unique. And we're that difficult to treat with our symptoms and our outlook. And that's why we need to learn that water is what's going to keep the earth alive. And water will find the cures of diseases and symptoms. We've got to get to it. Water will save lives, our planet, and your breath of living. Because you've got to breathe that atmospheric water vapor. Water. That is why this show, and we have had on the show through the years, the most exciting guests from physicians, Nobel Prize winners, scientists, people who have dedicated their lives to studying and discovery and new research. Go to Sharon Kleina, Sharon, K-L-E-Y-N-E, hour at Voice America, and you can look up many of the shows that we've had. You'll get excited because the future that we're going to have with the show that's coming with our new program director, Rose Hong, with Global Dragon Television out of Washington, D.C., we're going to have a lot of new excitement in the future happening, and you will be hearing some of those secrets of what we're going to be doing. Before we listen to our sponsor today, we're going to be introducing you when we come back. Dr. Anita Chen Marshall, she, she is, holds a dual doctor degree in pharmacy and oriental medicine. She's going to treat, teach us a lot. I have a lot of questions for her. Everyone knows that herbal and nutritional supplements are safe to use because they're approved by the FDA. I have always, in my research, wondered if they are. And I've been concerned that people have overused them and taken it for granted. That what might work for them at the moment, they don't know what the secret hidden problems might be. And that can happen before you even know it. I've had it happen. A lot of us have had it happen. So let's listen to our sponsor first. And we're going to pan back with this exciting show with Dr. Anita Chen Marshall about Chinese medicine. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 99% water? And that evaporation of that water is what causes vision impairment to blindness. A lot of people don't know that blindness is out of control. You must learn to supplement. And there is only one product worldwide. It's Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. It's tissue culture grade of water. It doesn't run the cosmetics. It's exciting. It even softens the crow's feet. But what it does for the eyes is unbelievable. I am a testimonial myself. I couldn't live without it. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be back with Dr. Anita Chen Marshall. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Marshall, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Good morning. Well, good morning. Let me tell the audience just a little about you. Uh, Dr. Anita Chen Marshall holds a dual doctor degree in pharmacy and oriental medicine. She is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist in California and certified nationally in acupuncture herbology. She is clinical experienced in healthcare for over 40 years and has a private practice in Alameda, California. With her dual background in Eastern and Western medicine, she is able to provide her patients with acupuncture and herbal prescriptions for, for their acute chronic conditions that complement their Western medicine treatments. You belong to many organizations, and you've dedicated your over 40 years to um, East and West uh, medical treatment. Before we go forward, doctor, tell our uh, audience a little bit how you began and uh, how you got where you're at today and all the dedication you have. Well, I came from a medical family, and most of my member, uh, family members are in medicine. And I started as a pharmacist, and I work in many different areas of um, uh, pharmacy practice, including hospitals and uh, health care facilities. But as I went along, one of my sisters was an MD, encouraged me to get into um, oriental medicine, and because she said the acupuncture is really good in treating a lot of ailments that Western medicine cannot treat. So I went in with a kind of a skeptical um, concept that, well, how can one needle treat so many ailments? But then as I went along, I saw firsthand how Chinese medicine can really complement uh, Western medicine, especially in chronic uh, diseases. Um, so here, my goal is to bridge the gap between the East and the West so patients will get the best of the two worlds. And that is vital to the yes, world. Yes, it is. It's time. It's time. You are a pioneer um, doing what you're doing. And um, I'm sure 
the satisfaction you're getting with that choice is exciting to you every day to be able to have a versatility that some of the yes. other doctors have not been doing. Yes, well, tell I us see. A little, explain. Okay. If, you know, I like the show here to be an educating show for discovering new ideas and new thinking, new uh, um, research. So tell us a little bit about the difference between East and West. Tell us about what the West medicine is and tell us about what the East medicine is. Or let's say treatment, too. Medicine and treatment, therapies. Okay, so Western medicine tend to be more compartmentalized, like um, they, they have specialties. Cardiologists would treat the cardiovascular disease. The pulmonologists would treat lung disease. But um, a lot of times they uh, somehow patient will have to go to two different um, specialists to get the problem uh, taken care of, whereas in oriental medicine, we treat the whole body as a system, so we take care of everything because the body is all connected, and if one area is out of uh, balance, it will affect the other area, so then it's kind of like mm-hmm. a one-stop <laughs> treatment place that we, we take care no, of. I know what you're saying. You're, you are right. You're right. That one physician is able to get to understand the behavior of what is happening with that patient and not transfer that patient over to another doctor that's working right. on only one organ. Yeah, but I always work with the Western doctors because there is some, um, if the patient, new patient comes in, I always want them to, you know, have the usual lab tests and all the modern technology to rule out the obvious. And then if they mm-hmm. can't find anything, then we can safely use the alternative medicine to balance the body with the energy medicine. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. specialty is actually on herb and drug interactions because of my dual background in pharmacy and oriental medicine and herbs. Um, I noticed that there are some potentially dangerous interactions that could happen and need to raise the awareness with the general public and the healthcare professionals that um, over-the-counter uh, medications and supplements are not necessarily uh, safe, per se, that you can just go take it without any concern. Because the question is, everybody knows that uh, nutrition and supplement are safe to use, right? But, you right. know, it is not uh, true, because there are that some hidden dangers. You that are right. Race awareness. You are right. I think that's one of the problems that they're having out there with all these many years, and it didn't start just recently. It's been going on for decades. Is that the modern medicine and Western medicine got what happened? Had what happened to them is they began to specialize, and they would lose contact with who's taking what. And even though they would see on a piece of paper what they're taking. They would not go and question the other one of what is happening. If the person goes home, the individual patient goes home and thinks to take a particular herb on their own or do something on their own and not discuss it really with a doctor, or even the doctor even would understand. But they, they may have a conflict of a problem with the medication, and the herb doesn't mean it's safe. Exactly, because a lot of times people think it's over-the-counter and it does not need a prescription that it's safe to take. And also people go to different pharmacies and get different products 
And sometimes patients don't dare to tell their doctor what they're doing, thinking the doctor's going to put them down or just tell them don't take it. So they don't um, tell their doctor. So that is a problem. And then not that being is monitored. That's a problem. Yes. And you know, do we ever know the symptoms? Let's say you are on a, let's say you're, just to say you're not on any medication at all. And you're taking, you're taking a bunch of herbs. It mm-hmm. can catch up with you. It can catch up with you that maybe something is interacting that isn't that is not safe for you, and you don't know it. Exactly, exactly. This, this is why education is so important, and I'm Vital. so glad that you're giving me the opportunity to um, give some information so people will be more aware of the potential dangers. Now, the other one to educate people: the word herbs. It's becoming exciting to people. Herbs. Mm-hmm. Educate our audience about the herbs. What are the herbs? What are some of the herbs that you think that would be very safe and some of them they should probably be more aware of that maybe are not quite so safe? Okay. Herbs are collectively is natural products from the plant sources or from the animal or mineral sources. And they're not regulated as a prescription. It is considered a supplement. And um, I say because of time limitations, I would focus more on the more dangerous ones that are commonly used. Um, okay. One of the things that I've noticed is that um, just going on to the, the more um, important ones is St. John's Wort. And it's being used as antidepressants, and a lot of people are taking them, thinking that, oh, yeah, I'm feeling a little low, a little blue, so I'm going to take St. John's Worth. But it has a lot of uh, hidden uh, problems because St. John's Worth will increase the liver enzymes and make the body metabolize drugs faster. So if you're taking some drugs that um, very critical, then you don't get enough therapeutic level, then you're not getting the benefits. So that is a problem. Oh. And also, St. John's Wort will um, interact with the other uh, antidepressants, what we call the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and they can trigger a symptom called serotonin syndrome, which will cause mental confusion, muscle twitching, sweating, flushing. So if people are taking St. John's Wort and want to switch over to an antidepressant medication. It's like if they still feel, oh, I'm still too depressed, and then when see a doctor, and the doctor prescribe an antidepressant, and they're still taking St. John's Worth, and they didn't tell anybody, of course not the doctor, and then that could cause a problem, can, uh, can create a, a, a kind of like a crisis. So they, if you want to switch from St. John's Worth to an antidepressant prescription, you need to stop St. John's Worth for two weeks before you can start um, taking antidepressants. So make sure you tell your doctor if you're taking St. John's Worth, okay, because mm-hmm. that would affect how the drug is being metabolized in the body. Now, but would, so the, doctor is- really, would the doctor really understand Dr. Marshall and if they're not a, a doctor that specializes in Eastern medicine? No, St. John's Wood is a very popular Western herbs. It's everywhere. You mm-hmm. can buy them in the um, I know, uh, health, but do uh, they understand store? them? Yeah. 
Yeah. My concern is, does the doctor really understand what it is unless they go to somebody like yourself? I think in general they should if they're a good doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they, if they're taking supplements, I would encourage patients to tell the doctor all the supplements that they're taking, and mm-hmm. then the doctor would know, you know, what to um, be aware of. Mm-hmm. And then if also people are drinking alcohol, there are a lot of closet um, alcoholics, and not, well, maybe they don't consider themselves as alcoholic, but the type of drinks that they drink, either the higher the alcohol content, the more mm-hmm. effects would on the liver, and if the liver enzyme is affected, they will also um, not be able to metabolize medications. And some of the med- medication, will, what we call a narrow therapeutic index, means the maximum concentration that will go into toxicity versus the maximum, the minimum effect that it will take is very narrow, so there's not much to play with. And if your liver enzyme is not able to metabolize the drug, you can either get into overdose or get into a high side effect without even knowing it. So um, it is important that people who do drink alcohol let people know because it is, the way that the doctor prescribed the medication will be different if, if depending on your liver enzyme uh, function. Now, I'm going to add a little extra, uh, another one here for you to, to educate us about, to think about, is sugar and glucose can, uh, can be very detrimental to yes. people. People, they're not safe. Now, if you have a little moderacy uh, and you have a little bit each day, a tiny little bit each day, you'll be fine. But some people have a tendency to overdose in glucose and sugar and forget what that could do to your herbs and that could do to your medication. Well, what Am I wrong? Yes, it can because it will affect the liver functions. And exactly. liver is our biggest detox center. That's what I've learned. Too much sugar research. will yeah. make this, we create a fatty liver, and it will right. increase, increase the cholesterol level and increase the stress level, increase insulin resistant level, and then your body won't be able to, um, you know, we, we need insulin for the sugar, the glucose, to get into the intracellular space inside the cells. And if your body becomes resistant to that, uh, then your body is going to, the inside of the cell said, well, we're starving. And so, you know, you, you get, send signal to the brain. So like, we need more sugar, more glucose, and the brain will make you hungry, so you eat some more. But the thing is, there we go. There we go. The craving. Yeah. That so craving then, glu- then begins, uh, and you don't even know what happened. That's right. Um, there we go. And that's where they haven't been studying the word addiction. Yeah, it's really difficult to get off sugar. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Now, um, with the kidneys and the liver, how does it how teach us the functioning of the kidney living with the liver? Because they do have a lot of relationships that can yes. make havoc in the body, and we yes. don't learn that quick enough. Uh, no. We don't. Le- we're never educated. Let's say about that. Teach us a little bit about that. Okay, well, liver is a very important, uh, it, it's grossly underestimated and appreciated organ in our body as a workhorse. It's all the things that we eat go through the liver to be metabolized and detoxed. 
And if you mm-hmm. bombarded your liver with the toxins and preservatives and pesticides and all that, mm-hmm. our liver and sugar, and our liver is overwhelmed. And then if you drink alcohol, then the liver function is compromised. As we get older, our liver function will decrease as well as the kidney function will decrease. And so the kidney is the organ that excretes the the metabolic waste through the urine. And so if your liver cannot metabolize things and your kidney cannot excrete the toxins, so all these toxins will eventually build up in your body and cause a lot and will make you sick and you don't even know what hits you. And as far as the metabolizing drug and herbs, it's the same thing. If you get older, if you have the same prescription you're taking for the last 20 years and you never have the doctor decrease adjust the dosage based on your metabolism, you can get overdosed easily um, if, if, you take, if a person taking the same doses for 20 years. You, you're gonna, mm-hmm. you can bet on this person will have um, overdose problem and get a lot of side effects from it. Now, when a patient comes to see you with your background being uh, as a pharmacist, as a, um, a Chinese medicine and Western medicine, do you have a, them have a particular blood test so that you can understand what the what they're what they may be allergic to and what foods are um, norm, normal enough for them to be healthy for them, but those foods and the diet that is unhealthy? Do you have them do that first before you begin to treat them? When I have a new patient come in for intake, we have a very expensive intake forms that we take. And when I see that a patient hadn't gone to see a doctor for a long time, I would ask them to go get a, a general physical exam and get all the necessary blood tests, like their, um, their blood cells, their electrolytes, and whatever. Get those mm-hmm. tests done first and make sure there's no obvious things that is wrong. And based on their symptoms mm-hmm. that's described, and based on the medications they're taking, what I'm always looking for is what medications they're taking and what kind of side effects does these medications have and match what, what symptoms they're complaining. If this is an elderly person, they're complaining like dizziness and very extreme tired, you know, losing their mind and stuff. And some of the medications have a lot of side effects. I can give you a couple examples that... Um, these are well-known doctors. They they call me because they know my background, and I and they will worry about different things. And I made a chart for them with the medications on one column and the side effects on the other column. And I imagine that this medication gives you dizziness. This medication gives you you know the blur vision and makes you really tired. And then so four out of five have the same symptoms, and you can see why this patient can barely function, right? So I had this yeah. doctor take this chart to his physician mm-hmm. and then look at it and they discontinue the drugs and all of a sudden their mind cleared up and they're not tired, they're not dizzy. So these are the yeah. I look for um, just to help. I, I, I don't prescribe, I don't unprescribe, um, but I can look, I can monitor these um, signs and symptoms and based on my background, I could tell, well, you know, your symptoms are really the side effects, and especially their elderly patients, yeah. and they haven't had the medication doses changed. You could bet that because the liver function goes down, the kidney functions go down, so they will get higher blood levels of the drugs, higher than they should be. So then they need now, to go back to the doctor and have them adjusted. 
is there a test that you recommend that they ask the doctor for for making to have a liver and a kidney fu- uh, functioning test? Is there a test that you recommend? Oh yes, they they when you go for a, a general physical, you ask for the general CBCs to check the blood cells, check the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. You always want them to check the um, liver functions, and you want to check the cholesterol panels, the lipid panels, and check the kidney functions. Yeah, those are all the things that you you should have in a general physical checkup so you can see how well your body is functioning. Right. And it's really important that you have the baseline so if something goes wrong later, then you'll know at what point uh, things starting to go wrong. Now, we didn't discuss yet, and we're before the show is over, of course, we're going to talk about water because that's my field and my study. But um, I'm a believer that if you don't drink enough water with everything you're taking, it's also going to be a p- counterproductive for you. Could you explain that to our audience where you come from with that? Yes, well, water is really important. We, we're made 70% water, and if we don't drink enough water to keep things going, our body will become dehydrated. And when the body becomes dehydrated, you will have electrolytes will uh, get screwed up in your body, and that could cause a lot of problems. And also, um, because we, our environment is such, we have a lot of pollution in our food now with pesticides, insecticides, and so those things, when we eat them, it goes to the liver and it cannot get metabolized, cannot get excreted, so it ends up stored in the fat cells, and then they get slowly released into the system, <laughs> you know, especially if you're trying to lose weight fast. It is really dangerous because all this stuff is going to get dumped into the system from the fat cell, and you really have to drink a lot of water to flush them out. Otherwise, you'll mm-hmm. have a healing crisis. Mm-hmm. We've had on the show, and I bring him up a lot, Dr. Gerald Pollack, you can look him up from University of Washington. He's the uh-huh. uh, scientist that found the fourth phase of water in the body. And he has taught us that our body is the battery and the air is electrolytic, that if you're not drinking enough water, you cannot, it's not going to connect the way you should. And that drinking mm-hmm. water, we've all been trying to teach. And that's why this show, I, I uh, started this show. I wanted the pioneer a subject that the planet Earth and, and everyone should pioneer is water is the most vital living life on the planet. It, it's the life of, our, of everything. And people have been taking it for granted as, mm-hmm. as much as you see them carrying the water to drink now, which is exciting mm-hmm. too. I love to see people walking around with water, not sodas, not juices, not tea, water. Mm-hmm. And, but... Again, um, people are learning how important water is. Before, now, we're going to take a break, Dr. Marshall. Don't go anywhere. And we're going to okay. come back, and we're going to talk about, you're going to teach us about the herbs that you think that are important to our daily diet. But we want to hear about what your background is in nutrition. And then we'll go back into water again. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. The surface of your eye is 99% water. You must supplement because the air is over-evaporating and you're over-evaporating. That's what vision impairment is. 
evaporation of water on the surface of the eye. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is a tissue culture grade water, but just a mist. It doesn't run the cosmetics, softens the crow's feet, lubricates the eyelid and skin around the eye, but the humidifying, the handheld portable device, humidifies the eye to be healthier, to be able to supplement what is causing over-evaporation to what eventually goes to blindness. And always remember how you're drinking water and how you're supplementing your eyes is vital to your health. But listen to our sponsor with just a miss. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Marshall, we, we were talking about um, how important it is for, with water that, that we do not. It's like when those young boys were caught in that cave with their coach. And mm-hmm. Ethiopia, I think it was, and they survived with water. We know the story about Ebola, that finally somebody said, we, you know, they tried it all, let's try one more thing, and they learned that a gallon of water a day. Uh, we've learned forever that water, in fact, we had on our show one time uh, a fighter pilot that was um, uh, in the Navy, and he said people always thought he was funny because they, you're allowed so much weight in the cockpit as a pilot and he would say he would only carry extra water not the gun because he said what is one gun going to do when you have to survive and um, uh, you should be having enough water until they can find you if you're shot down (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um, it's been known forever but have you noticed even though people are drinking the bottled water they're still not comprehending 
the intellectual side of how vital water is to their everyday living? Have you noticed that? Uh, I think my patients are generally pretty well-versed, and they, they would drink a lot of water, yeah. And if not, then, um, then I would always encourage them to drink water. Yes, mm-hmm. and I also tell them to drink. If they're out in the hot sun, they sweat a lot, and they need to have some electrolyte uh, supplemented in the drink itself so they don't uh, become uh, deficient in the electrolytes. Right. Vital. It's vital. Yes. And the other thing that is so, the other side of all of this um, testimonial here is the fact that our politicians, and that sounds like the too, too hype to, to bring it up because of all this political stuff, but the politicians are not being swayed to make water on our planet the most priority of their, of their, of, of all of their uh, resources of planning for the economy. Without water, the economy can fall apart. Without water, health becomes more expensive. Without yes. safe water, you have, without water, the world begins to diminish. And I've said for years on my radio show that California, many years ago, decided to have canals with water. Mm-hmm. So the former Governor Brown said he didn't want anybody to make mistakes and not have enough water. So they built those expensive canals. They turned the canals off, and the, the state is becoming sand. And as you know, soil as a species is healthier for the atmosphere than sand. And the fires that I predicted are, are, are out of control. Because our, we are, we're not protecting our soil as yes. a living life. It's a big but problem. It is a problem that we need people like yourselves and uh, this show to get people crusading. Stop and think about what's priority and take your notches down uh, with what's most important. Now, let's go over to nutrition, the diet. Okay. What do you recommend? Let's say you're off recommending an herb and you're recommending a particular diet to your patients. What do you recommend? Okay, it depends on the patient and the age and what symptoms they're experiencing. But as a whole, Chinese medicine approach is different than Western medicine. And there's certain concepts that Western medicine doesn't have. But in Chinese medicine, the, the body constitution and the pants dictates like if you are a warm type person or you're a deficient type person. So, for instance, um, if you're eating and you drink ice water, and that itself is a problem, especially for people who are already constitutionally weak and deficient, because cold will constrict things. You think of if if you're uh, washing dishes, if there's a greasy food and you you need to use hot water to get the grease off, right? But if you use cold water, what happens to the the grease is going to congeal, and you can see that if you eat a greasy meal and then you eat drinking ice water, all that stuff is going to, you know, kind of coat, congeal and coat your stomach, and then you decrease your absorption, and you, 
you're going to affect your metab- um, your GI metabolism. So we always, the first thing when I tell people if they're weak and deficient, I tell them when you um, eat, don't eat cold stuff straight from the refrigerator. Let it at least warm up to the room temperature and don't drink icy cold food when you're eating. It seems like a, a straight, con- uh, simple concept. If you go to Europe or Asia, people don't drink ice water when they're eating. It's no, they a don't. very right. American phenomenon. And a lot of people with stomach problems like uh, GERD, you know, they uh, stomach acid regurgitated back up. And those problems can be mm-hmm. easily treated. Just stop drinking and eating cold food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you talk about Chinese nutrition. That's the first thing I'll tell people to do. It's pretty simple to do. And now, what is know, the recommended diet that you recommend the person to think about? Let's start out with the morning meal in the morning. What is recommended? What do you suggest? I would suggest them to eat, you know, the things that are not cold, okay, because a lot of times people say, I eat healthy, and then they'll go make a cold smoothie. And because before your body's starting to warm up, you're already putting things there to stop the um, metabolism. So I would say you can eat things like, you know, oatmeal if you're not allergic to gluten. And you can eat something with some protein, one-to-one protein and carbohydrate ratio. So if you just eat carbohydrate, your your body's going to the calorie is supplied is kind of like an empty calorie, so it does not sustain, so you need to have some protein in there so you, you don't get hungry and then you start eating whatever is in front of you. That's what I would do. And um, Now, I'm going to stop you right there. That's important to, for people to remind them. How, how much protein a day do you recommend a person uh, take? In other words, how much do they eat or take in their supplements? Um, how much protein a day would be, let's say, for a woman and then for a man? I would say um, in each meal you eat three to four ounces of, of some kind of protein. And if, if you're a vegetarian, then you're going to supplement with the um, uh, legumes and some other things that has um, plant-based protein. So it depends. Also, depends on your uh, height and weight and age and activity levels. So I would say, if you how eat, much how much protein a day would that total up to be an average? I, I cannot be? give you that because I'm not a nutritionist. I cannot quote you a okay. number. Okay. Because okay. I can only suggest you eat like if you eat meat, maybe a, a small fistful of meat, maybe three to four ounces mm-hmm. each meal. Um, mm-hmm. That's the general. So I cannot give you how many grams. I, I'm not a, a nutritionist. I don't have those numbers <laughs> to give you. But if you, okay. you know, in general, if you eat one to one protein carbohydrate ratio, then you should be able to do well with that ratio. Now there is a some study going on. Are people getting enough nutri- uh, enough protein because of their diet today? Are they getting enough? It depends on the people. Again, the um, the kind of protein people eat could be coming from meat source or plant source, and it just depends. I I cannot tell you, but I I know for a fact that we eat way too much sugar. So oh that yeah, we know about glucose and sugar needs to be changed. That's, in fact, I have a prediction on that one, and we'll talk about it another time. I've been studying for over thirty years. I think glucose 
and sugar are going to be studied in time to be what's caused addiction. And I think that that person doesn't have any idea they've been consumed from birth with too much glucose. Yes. And we shall see. But I think that craving that you and I talked about earlier is, is the clue of what's happened. And in, in your diet, that's why I'm wondering about the protein. If we're not getting enough protein, you will crave more. Yes, because you're eating empty calories. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Right. So that ratio has to be changed, and there are too many hidden sugar in our commercial products. So the, right. the way to avoid that is trying to cook your home-cooked meal as much as possible. Don't eat those prepared meals. It's convenient, but then if you look at it, there are so many different names that disguise sugar, and it's mm-hmm. hard for people to even know and what is your how much sugar people on, I know you're not a nutritionist. You've reminded us of that. What is your thinking on the artificial, uh, on the other sh- sh- sugars uh, that are uh, different kinds of well. sugars? I'm not sold on them. Um, no, I no. I think they're a problem, too. Yeah, there's studies shown that um, these artificial sweeteners can cause health problems. But I think I've, this issue yeah. is rather political, in a sense, because these companies have big lobbying power, and right. they can um, go there and push their products forward. And you know what I've often wondered, Dr. Marshall, if you and I and people like us, and maybe eventually with this radio show we can go that direction, but if we can get them thinking there, if they can make money at changing the formulation of it and make it healthy, I just can't believe it can't be done. I I think going around to every food company and putting on conferences to prove to them they can make a lot of money by changing mm-hmm. the formulation to all these foods and making them healthier. Yes, yes. I was just watching a YouTube video about a study from Ireland, and they were having one family trying to change their eating habit because the WHO recommended six teaspoons of sugar a day, and we're eating like... Um, 40 times more that amount <laughs> in our regular daily diet. So in order to cut down that, it's very difficult. You almost have to just make your own food because if you, you know, ketchup has sugar in there, the soups have sugar in there, everything's got sugar in there practically. If you add that flavor, it all so you'll, up, be, yeah. you'll be addicted to go back and buy it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, people fight you tooth and nail when you try to get... Get rid of that stuff. They don't know how to how to live and how to cook without those things. It is right. an educational process, and um, we need to just you know teach people how to cook and what to eat and how to count those teaspoons. You know, one can of Coke has like twelve teaspoons of uh, sugar. You believe that? Ah. Yeah, yeah. It. I will it forward you that link uh, later. It's, it. a, it's an hour link that was just really eye-opening that how this, this experiment has cut the uh, sugar intake way down to the level that the World Health Organization recommended six teaspoons a day. I can't, but yeah, I can't. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do something about that one. Well, well our days you are coming. We'll get there. Everything. <laughs> can't you just see me putting on a... Big conference 
with uh, everybody that can do it with our radio show. And we bring in the head of NIH, Dr. Collins, and we bring in the head of all these different food companies and, and sugar companies and say, guess what? You'll, we can show you how can, you can make tons of money. Your, your stockholders will do very well. Change the formulation, and these people will be convinced and buy your product more commonly if they're educated about what the nutrition values are and not feed them just because you know they're going to become addicted to the flavor. Yeah, you know, part of this problem started when we start pushing for low-fat diet. The low-fat diet without the fat, it tastes terrible. So then they're starting to put sugar in there to make it more palatable, and that's where the right. problem starts. Or more sodium. Yeah, more sodium, right, yeah. Now we so only have a few more minutes left with your part. Tell us about the herbs that you recommend. I noticed you haven't really been. Which herbs do you recommend that we need to study at each of us that might be important to our daily diet? Okay, so herbs that um, depends, again, on the people, uh, the type of things that do. There are a type of herbs called adaptogenic herbs, which means they give you energy if you're you know, tired and deficient. So these are kind of like astragalus and reishi uh-huh. mushrooms, and people uh-huh. who think that they are um, losing their brain, they can take ginkgo, and if their eyesight are going, they can take some astaxanthin. And for people who are taking medications like um, anticonvulsants, they tend to um, lose their vitamins, so they should be on vitamin supplements, as well as um, people who drink a lot of alcohol, and they tend to be deficient in vitamins, so they should have um, vitamin supplements. And patients, uh, not patients, the people who are taking um, birth control pills, they need to be supplemented uh-huh. on vitamins. And in general, if you eat a normal balanced diet, you're supposed to be able to get all these um, vitamins and, and stuff intake. You'll be all right. And in the area, people who are in the north, where they get seasonal affective um, disorders with not enough sunshine in, in the um, wintertime, then they tend to get depressed because they don't get enough uh, sunshine to make vitamin D. So they should uh-huh. uh, supplement with vitamin D. Um, I would say go get a blood level checked and have their vitamin D level checked. And if they're low, they should supplement um, vitamin D. So they now, uh, vitamin D section. D like in dog or B yeah, like, like in like dog. Boy. Right. B. You should take D. vitamin D3. D. Mm-hmm. B3 plus uh, vitamin K2 to increase the absorption. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes people are having colds, you know, you, you could take more vitamin C to help, uh, especially going to be gone on a long trip and sitting in the airplane for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can take vitamin C to help increase your immune system because the airplane tend to circulate bad air. And they also said if if airplane is taxing on the jet lag waiting and the jet fuel get recycled back into the cabin and some of those um, particles in the jet fuel can latch onto your immune system and weaken oh them. My. So a lot of times There's when people go unhealthy they come back they get flying sick. on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you want to supplement lots of vitamin C. Right. Now can, can a person overdo all that too? Uh, when yeah. they have a recommended dose that there's it says on the container they're to read that direction and stick to that. Yes. Don't go. Don't just keep thinking more is better. Am I right? 
Exactly, exactly. Especially vitamins which are um, fat-soluble. Um, so be careful with that, like vitamin A, D, K, E. They, they can um, store in the fat cells and they mm-hmm. can create problems. But the other water-soluble ones, they, they're safer because they'll just get washed out in the urine. So end up with mm-hmm. very expensive urine, but it's not going to sit there and cause problems. And then, of course, we have to drink a lot of water. Or they exactly. Won't work. Right. Especially you're flying. But then people logic. don't drink water in flying because they're afraid to go to the bathroom, and, and that itself is a problem. I was talking, drink your water and, and get up and walk around yeah, so you don't, don't end don't up with... Don't mind people. going to the bathroom. It's good. It's healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a doctor that comes on here, Dr. Effie Chow, and she teaches drink one whole glass of water each time. Don't just sip it. Drink it. And um, rather than just sipping, sipping is not getting you anywhere. And have you ever had people say, well, I drink a lot of water? Well, they sip it. They don't drink it. Yes. Right. They, they have a big jug and they, they sip it all, all day long. Yeah, they're sipping all day long and they think they're drinking a lot of water. But thank you yeah, for well, coming they today. Think people don't want to drink. Anything that- they don't want to go to the bathroom, so... And that's, that's, that's the sad part. It's very yeah. healthy to go to the, eliminate the toxin out of your body every chance you get. Exactly. Right. I always encourage right. in the plenty of water, yes. Now, we're done. Uh, we're, our time is done, but is there any, how do they find you? Is there a website to come and you have a clinic? And yes, com is my website. And you can find mm-hmm. lots of information there. And there's just one more thing I, I want to bring to attention um, is acetaminophen, Tylenol, generic Tylenol. The maximum dose is three grams a day. Okay. If you take over that long time, and they could cause liver toxicity. So there, um, acetaminophen overdose sends as many as 78,000 Americans to emergency room annually. And 33,000 people are hospitalized because of it. And it is the number one liver transplant, the cause of liver transplant. So now, does that, mean, does that mean taking one every few hours? or what is, How many is that? Um, if, if it's a 500 milligram tablet, that's six tablets mm-hmm. a day. With some so tablets are 300 all you should be taking. milligram. Yeah. Okay. So don't okay. take it. But the problem is they're over six... Hundred over-the-counter products that contain acetaminophen, generic Tylenol. Okay. So it's really easy to take one of this and one of that, and then it adds up, and you don't know. So okay, I want to. Well, we're out of time. They've told me the show is over. I want to thank you for joining us. You have a nice day, and we'll do this again. Thank you so much. You have a nice day too. Uh, thank you. I, I want to thank you all for listening. Dr. Marshall was wonderful. I want you, thank you. to all be well. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 